everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. What's happening? Nothing much. How ready to do this? I, I am ready to do this. How are you today, Rohit? I'm doing well. Doing well. Fantastic. It's Fantastic. A, it's a kind of an empty studio today. It's a nice, quiet studio. Yeah. So it's just it's just Kyle and I. That's it. We're gonna be we're gonna be doing it. We've been here before. We've been here before, <laughs> and we'll be here again. Damn it! It's funny. Uh, usually, before we start recording, we talk about the episode and just come up with some notes. You know, here's mm-hmm. here's some speaking points or you know counterpoints. What are we gonna talk about? <laughs> And we were getting ready to do that for this episode, and Kyle was like, let's just do it. We've, we've done this before. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it on air, right? I mean, it's, it's 177 episodes in, now 178. Yeah. Um, we're experts. You're yeah. allowed to say you're an expert now. Oh, yeah. I don't do the dishes at home because I was a busboy when I was a teenager. <laughs> I was paid for it, which means I'm a professional. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't do it for free anymore. No, I'm totally kidding. Kidding, Emily. Totally kidding. <laughs> um, well, Rohit. Yeah. Would you want to introduce this week's episode? Sure thing. So we're kind of taking a look back, and one of our most popular episodes ever was episode 14. And <laughs> that was uh, Work Toxicity. To- yeah, toxicity, toxicity in the, the workplace. workplace. Yeah. And so we, a lot has changed for, for everyone who's you know, involved in this podcast. Um, I've, I've got a new job. Um, and so it's so different from the, the previous job that I had working with, with you guys that we thought, let's just talk about work culture. Yeah. And really what's, what does a positive work culture look like and what's a negative one look like? I don't want to just be like here, you know, here's all the bad things, but, but really like what do the bad things, how do they have an effect on you? And the good things, how do they have an effect on you? And so with that, we're just going to dive in. And so I, I just talked about how I've got a new job. I uh, work for a successful company. Um, but the location where I work at is not headquarters. And there's it's a smaller location. I, I think probably about 120 or so. But already in the couple of weeks that I've been there, I've noticed a night and day difference in the culture itself. And I don't think that it's only because it's it's a lot smaller. Where we used to work, I think there were, what, about like 600 people there? Yeah, probably a little shy of that, between five and 600, I would yeah. say. And so it's, it's not because of that, because my old, just my old department was the size of the office that I'm at right now. And I can tell you, <laughs> that's good for me anyway. That's yeah. a good comparison to think about. Yeah. And I can tell you, it's been a night and day difference. When I got there, even, even, you know, going in the break room or whatever, walking in the hallways, people were coming up to me saying, hi, you must be new. I haven't seen you yet. Like, you know, and introducing themselves. Here's, here's what I do. Here's, you know, if you need this, I'm the resource for that. Or when you do this, I'm the person that you know, mm-hmm. this works with. I'm the person on the other end of this. Yeah. And <laughs> and it was just so phenomenal because at, at the previous place, really, I was the only one who would do that. 
anytime there were new people, I'd go mm-hmm. over and introduce myself. I'd say, you know, let's go grab a cup of coffee. We would just walk across the street to Starbucks all the time. You, I have to interrupt you because, as a, for one, you're the king of first, last name. You greet everyone by their first and last name. Most people don't know everyone's first name. You know both, and you know something about them. Uh, secondly, you did that so much that I thought that you already knew these people. Mm, Dave Grohl is an example. <laughs> I thought you already knew him. When you're like, oh, yeah, let's go to lunch. We're going to go with Dave. We're going to go with so-and-so. I was like, oh, awesome. Yeah. I accepted Dave. Because you accepted Dave, and I thought that Dave was already your friend. Dave's a great guy. I would have accepted him at some point anyway, but I accepted him much earlier because of your adoption of him and how quick that happened. So that's a real-life example of you saying something and and me seeing it in action and how it affected me. And you know what? It it makes a huge difference. Tremendous. Because when, you know, it's kind of like when you, I, I never really had this, but I imagine when you go to a new school as a kid, you don't know anyone, and you're you're the kid sitting by themselves. You're the new kid, and yeah. no one's talking to you, you know? And, you know, that, that can be awkward. And so mm-hmm. it, I can go out and say, this is who I am. What, what it's done for me in my current, you know, new job is help me quickly understand the organization because everyone that I've talked to says they love it there. Mm-hmm. And... What's what's really interesting is people have been there 20 plus years and that's like the norm is like 10 years. If you're under 10 years there, you're you're still in a new you're kid. short term. And that's funny. to to think and this is a and a technology company, you know. It's it's unheard of. But that's the kind of culture that is over there and one that's encouraged, one that's always talked about. Mhm. They also talked about when they hire you, they don't necessarily look at your skills. There's there's four people that everyone interviews with because they want to make sure you're a good cultural fit first. Oh, that's beautiful. And then once they figure out that you're a good cultural fit, you can learn the job. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a couple of things that they do different. On, skills can be learned. Traits cannot. Yeah. And, and lastly, um, when you first kind of get there, you have so many people coming up to you saying, we're so glad you're here. We can really use your skill set. You know, we're, we're excited to have you here. I've been hearing a lot about you. What does that do for you? It, it makes you feel like I'm not just, I'm just not sitting at the seat. You know, I'm, I'm actually a part of something. And it makes you feel so important right off the bat. That's huge. So. It's especially, so just in general, I think that's huge. What specifically about it for you since you are just recently getting back into the um, standard professional workforce, mm-hmm. right? You've you spent a lot of time on your businesses and your and yourself as an entrepreneur, and then now you're dipping your toe back into the regular professional workforce. Is it even more impactful for you specifically because of that? Yeah, yeah. Because you're what you had previously associated it with was the last gig. And that was your last taste of it. Yeah, and when I was at the at the gold standard of Microsoft, you oh know, yeah, it was full trust all the way around. There hmm. weren't hours. It's not like you're working from eight to five and, and watching the clock. If you want to come in at two in the morning one day, do it. You hmm. know, it it doesn't matter. You can come and go 
as you please. No one's keeping track of you. Because they know the work's getting done. Yeah. You, t- you know, and not only that, but you really feel valued and appreciated. Uh, Microsoft is famous for having, you know, free drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, this place as well has free drinks, free snacks all the time. Um, they, they buy food all the time. There, there's a lot that they're doing. To make Margarita, you feel wanted. Margarita days and wine Wednesdays and things like that. Yeah. They, I guess they have what they call watermelon Wednesday during the summers. Oh, So wow. every Wednesday they have watermelon. Sounds amazing. And then Fridays are uh, cold cut Fridays where they bring in like cold cut pizza and Donuts. And... But not just donuts. They bring in like boxes of Top Pot donuts. Ooh, the good stuff. So those familiar with Seattle. Uh, cold cut trays, veggie trays, fruit trays, cheese trays. All oh, this like awesome. every Friday bagels and tons of cream cheese and so it's it it makes you feel wanted and i've got depending on the time i leave an hour to two hour commute each way but you don't really think about it because you want to get to work you want to contribute you want to do more than is expected of you not because of job security or anything like that but because you really get a sense of we're working on something grander. Hmm. And I think what that does is it, one of the fundamental human needs is a need to feel like you're a part of something bigger. Oh, yeah. You know, that's why churches are so big. You, you need to feel like you're a part of something. And if you don't feel that at work, you, you spend, you know, a third of your life there. So it, it's tough. Hmm. And so coming from, from a company like Microsoft, that treated the vast majority of their employees like gold, and then going to the the place where I was at before, where I was in several behind the behind the closed door meetings, um, I was even in charge of morale for my department, and it was like fighting an uphill battle with management, Monday fun days, ownerships and stuff like that. You know, they okay, you know we're, we're gonna. When I first started, I, I think the budget was like, I think I think it was like five thousand dollars for the year on stuff that I could. Oh, when you when you were in charge of that committee? Yeah, got it. Yeah, I think it was like five k a year or something like that, six k something something big. So we could plan these big events and mm-hmm. make everyone feel wanted. And we did a few. And and we did. Yeah. And then it got cut to I think like. Two hundred dollars a queue, or something like that. You know, enough to like your one day buy a quarter few pizzas or some donuts. Pay, yeah, you know, and that's the kind of stuff. And then you wonder why um, retention is so horrible. Yeah. I can tell you, they don't care about retention. Like they have said it to me, mm-hmm. we don't care. You yeah. know, and so when when you have that kind of environment, when you feel expendable, it it takes a toll. And I kind of want to get your thoughts because you've been there a lot longer than I was there. Yeah. You know, and so I'm sure what you experience is, is different. You know, how, how was it before compared to how is it now? You know, like one of the things that you talked about earlier when we were talking on the phone was just your managers. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, so I was, I've been in a unique situation there, right? I've kind of self-managed for a long time, mainly because... Um, it's been four and a half years since I've had a manager in the same building as me. 
and not only not on the same building, but a couple hundred miles away, right? In a, in another office south of us in, in Portland. So I recently now have a manager in the building and it's, it's pretty new, right? I've worked with this individual for a long time. I have a ton of respect for this individual as well. Um, so I'm excited about it going forward. And I really appreciate the management style this person has taken going forward. It's really a, a caring management style. Um, definitely not leading with a whip. Not quite a carrot either, but more so of a, of a partnership style where, hey, we're in this together. What can I do for you? Right. You know, hey. And not always asking, not not saying I need X, Y and Z done. What do you need from me? Right. What a lot of people do, they just seem to be asking the question because they have to ask it because now they expect five things from you. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, hey, what are you having trouble with? What can I help you with? And the conversation doesn't end with, well, I need this or I need that. Or we need to do this. It's just, what can I help you with? Okay. And how long has this person been your manager now? A couple of weeks. Wow. So already, dude, the, it's huge. The impact has been there. It's huge. I love it. Um, and again, I've kind of self-managed for a while. So I think that, not to say that I'm not affected by it, because I 100% am affected in a lot of scenarios by the culture around me. Um, but not as much as others. I would say, because I hadn't had direct reports that were hounding me for this or that or whatever it may be, right? Um, and donuts are nice. Ice cream's nice, right? Whatever it is, whatever whatever you want, pick your poison. Um, but that alone doesn't do it, right? We used to get those things at our, at your past job, my, my current. Um, do they not do that anymore? No, no, the lobby table. Yeah. I hadn't done that in a while, uh-huh. right? Um, so that was nice to have, but that alone doesn't create a culture of positivity, right, in making employees feel desired. So what else do you think it is? I mean, I think it comes top down. Clearly, it has to. And... It has to be an organization that is more so focused on behaviors rather than results, I think. Mm-hmm. Because then if the focus is on a behavior in someone's day-to-day rather than, or, or their attitude rather than just a number, then the individual, I think, feels valued and feels that they contribute. They're not just a number, like a person in a jail cell. Inmate 62559. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, so, what else do you think it is? I mean, so in in our situation now, I think we have a culture within a culture mm-hmm. for our particular team, right? So when I see that other teams are frustrated, angry, beat down, whatever it may be, I'm kind of like, oh, well, I don't get that. Yeah. I'm happy to be where I'm at, right? In, in this particular moment now, only a few weeks, but I think. Our trajectory is booming right now. Um, so I think it's good. And, it, and it, again, it takes more than just coffee and donuts. And I wrote something down that you will remember this back at Best Buy. Remember Danny Boggs? No. Oh, you weren't there when he was there? Was it Greg Lynch? Yeah. Okay. I have a ton of respect for both those individuals. 
I worked harder for one than the other. One of them was more of a team-oriented individual. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is us. We win together, we lose together. I got your back, you got each other's back, right? The other one was more facts and figures based. What are you doing? One preached that you can't be siloed. You have to look outside your box. You have to work with everybody else. Find out what everyone else is doing. Go talk to this person. Go talk to that person. Work together. Partner together. We all contribute to the location as a whole. Mm -hmm. And the other person knew more intimate details about the business and would question you on them and grill you and expect you to know every single aspect of it, which I think is good to know, but also it created silos because individuals would run their own aspects of the business and they stopped being concerned with everyone else. They were so focused on covering their own ass every week for this meeting and having all the answers that they didn't want to partner or team up or help anyone else because they wanted to worry about themselves. And it made everyone else become more selfish. Yeah. And not that both of these individuals had successes, just in completely different ways. And the culture changed. And one individual would would do certain team building activities and do pizza days. But that was nice. But if the day-to-day wasn't a positive experience, pizza day means nothing. So it's just me, free pizza. Let me uh, punch you in the shoulder every day. But on, on one day uh, a month, I'm going to give you a hug. Yeah. It's like that's... The epitome of an abusive relationship in a professional environment. Yeah. So what else do you think it is? Those things are great. Don't get me wrong. When people rave about that stuff. Startup type environment. We're here in the Northwest, Seattle, Bellevue, tons of them. Um, what else is it? You mentioned trust, full trust. I yeah. think that's one. Yeah. People want to feel like adults. People, Yeah, people want to feel like adults. And... There's a lot of places that will treat you like you're a little kid. It's it's fear-driven versus oh. success-driven. Okay, I like that. Um, one place is, is willing to invest in you, and the other, you're willing to take advantage of it. Perfect example is I know people who work um, at you know at the previous spot that are only there because uh, they're – that place is paying for their certifications, like their <laughs> IT certifications. And as soon as they get them, they bounce. I know, I know those people too. Right? <laughs> and what's interesting, so the place I'm at now, they do it as well. But once you get your cert, you want to stay because mm-hmm. they're going to bump you up. They're going to bump up your pay. They're going to recognize you. They're going to do the things to celebrate you. Mm. And so, one, your the mentality is what's in it for me. Because that's the mentality of the company. Hmm. The other is the company says, how can I make you better? And in return, you're like, how can I make the company better? You reciprocate what the, the way you're being treated. There was a term that I heard at, that, at the previous location that I'd never come across in my professional career. And that was CYOA, 
I'd never come across it before. I'll cover your own ass. Yeah. Seriously? And, every, you know, like the first few weeks I was there, I'm a positive guy. And I think we were just talking about this too. How many people are like, oh, you're positive. Just give it a week. You know? Yeah. Oh, you're having fun at this place? Oh, let's just, just wait. It'll get you down. That's sad. And the the person that I was working with, she had been there for, for a long time. And she was in charge of training me. We were doing a similar role. And the things that she was telling me were amazing. She said, keep every single email you ever receive. Because you don't know when, two years later, you need to cover your own A. She's like, don't trust anyone. Get everything in writing. Wow. Um, keep all your link messages. Keep all your emails. Keep all that stuff because you don't know who's going to come after you. And it was such a culture of, Kyle, I need something from you. And you're like, well, it can't be done. You know, this is the reason why. I need you to do it. Well, you know, you didn't follow this procedure. It's it's past the time or whatever. Cool. I'm going to get my manager and my manager's manager, and we're going to go above your head. Yeah. How is that in establishing a working environment and, and trust? It's not. It's not. And the the role that I was in was was that of a brand manager. And what's interesting is now I work with with salespeople who, you know, we, we both came from the same place. And we both felt different about that place. We both felt like nobody supported our respective groups. No one respected my department as the company. And he said, as the company, they didn't support sales. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how two groups thought that the other had it better. Grass is always greener, though. Yeah. No matter what. And it's because we got treated so bad that part of the reason the budget was cut was because we were doing such amazing events that sales was like, why do they get to do this stuff? And we don't. And that's why the budget got reduced. So how is that recognizing and celebrating your employees? Where it's horrible. The manager that, or not the manager I have now, my skip level manager, who's the senior director of global sales. He he had his first, you know, kind of meeting with, with his team only. And there was probably about, I don't know, me, 40 of us or so. You could hear the passion that he had when he was saying, I'm not going to let anybody in this company stop us. We're the best for a reason. I'm going to go to bat for you guys no matter what it is. If you have a problem, let me know. I'm going to take care of it. And you wanted to work harder for this guy because of that. You believe it. He said, we are the best in the company. When I got there, my manager comes over, takes a look at my cube. Sees the monitors I have, the keyboard, mouse, everything. He sends an email to IT, CCs me. And he said, this is the equipment Rohit has. I want this replaced with this. This is embarrassing. He's one of the best people who's going to be working here. We need to make sure he has the best equipment. (laughs) Day one. That's awesome. You know? Whereas before, it was like, Oh, um, you can have this mouse that's only 10 years old. Here's one in a drawer. Yeah. It still has the ball in it. Yeah. <laughs> You're from the old mouse ball days. Oh, man. And so, I, I mean, I, I don't want this to be just a, you know, comparing 
a negative versus a positive. Mm-hmm. Because they, they both have their pluses and they both have their minuses. What can we do? What can you do? Because you're happy where you are. Where the vast majority, probably 70, 80% yeah. of the employees are not happy. But you are. I don't think it's just a matter of your role. It's definitely not uh, an impact of your manager because you've had so many now. Yeah. It's a difference in you and your attitude. Hmm. So what are some things that you're doing to kind of set up your own expectations? Um, it is what you make it, right? So I think if you truly believe that, then you have your own destiny in mind, right? So I think if you decide to go into work every day, if you decide you don't want to go into business for yourself and you want to work for someone else, what's the alternative? You're going to fucking go to work no matter what. Why do you want to show up and be miserable? It doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. I don't get it. I'm fucking flabbergasted. Like, I'm so serious right now. So there will be stressors. There are times where I'm like, fuck. And, I, and I'm and i feeling like a lot of heat, a lot of stress. It's challenging, right? But you push through. And you push through with a positive attitude. Because what does being pissed off do for you? Like, literally, what does it do? Mm-hmm. Right? The answer is nothing good. Anything, if I was to say, Rohit, I would actually like you to answer that question. What is being pissed off about my day going to do for me? Everything that you tell me is going to be negative. So why the fuck would I be that way? To me, there's no other option. I don't think there's any other option. I think other people want to wallow in self-pity because misery loves company, right? So they absorb that. It's kind of the way that we say that um, things like music can reinforce certain attitudes or moods, right? Um, Those are the people that if they break up with a girlfriend, they want to listen to sad, heartbreak music forever and start Mm -hmm. crying. Well, okay. I understand the idea of wanting to mourn certain things, whether that be a loss or a breakup or whatever that may be. But if you just want to continue to reinforce a negative mood, that's all you're going to do, right? So I think that's the stance. I ask myself, what is this going to do for me? What is this really doing for me? Being this negative, this isn't going to help. Um, yeah. I think that's the key. One of... So I don't know if I've really mentioned it on air before. Um, I think I had because I was really encouraging you to watch it. Um, the the show Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we were talking about this on mic or not. but And in it, there's there's an, a character named Uncle Iroh. Okay. And just some of the things that he says are just so life-altering. And one of my favorite quotes by him is... If you look for the light, you can often find it. But if you look for the dark, that is all you'll ever see. That's... He he just looks like a wise man. He really does. I, he's showing me a picture on, on of this old man with the long white beard. Um, 
And you know, I mean, that's I, beautiful. It. One thing I'll say about that too is it's what most people want is confirmation bias, right? You want to find. I was going to say the word facts, but it may or may not be facts. You want to find data mm-hmm. that backs up what you want to believe. And and that's really just it. Yeah. There's light at the end of the tunnel. There always is, no matter what. And I think you've proven that your attitude. Yeah, because I, I work key. in a location where it's known for having a poor culture. 100%. Like, there's no doubt about it. I see it. Oh. Um, Horrible reputation even outside. Yeah. And I'd yeah. be lying if every once in a while it didn't get to me too, right? Um, I think overall, though, it, one thing that helped me a lot too, I'll tell you this, is recently we had this guy that worked with us, and I'll name drop him, Chris Tiltra. Good dude. Recently left. Um, not because he didn't like the place, but because someone reached out to him on LinkedIn and... He got an offer to be able to work from home for almost twice as much mm. and, you know, doing something pretty similar to what he was doing today, right? So he ended up leaving. But what I loved about him is it was his first professional work environment. So he was given trust and things like that, right, that we talk about where they, he just came in and worked, right? Our manager wasn't on site. So he, he didn't have that experience before. Um, free lunches on occasion different events and things like that. He was like, are you kidding me? This is great. We have a ping pong table. <laughs> he was like, when we talk about living through the eyes of a child, yeah, that was him in his professional environment because he saw all the positive things that most people look past now and just mope around about. So could it be improved? Absolutely. Do I feel like they truly care about everyone individually? No. But am I going to let that stop me from coming in and enjoying my days? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And if it does, then maybe you should leave. So those days when you're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Because you've seen, you know, where where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been there 10 years, you're still the new kid. Yeah. Where you're at right now, if you, you know. Six months? You've been there under 10 days or something like that, you know, like, yeah. That was, that was another thing is people told me um, when I first started there, start to get to know people mm-hmm. once they've been there six months. Because the majority of people will leave within six months. So there's no point in getting to know them. Oh, so damn. what kind of environment is that where you come into a job and no one's even going to talk to you for the first six months? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's not funny, but it's just the nature of the beast, it seems like, at this organization where... Um, People would say, like, in my class. I'm the only one left in my class. Yeah. In my new hire class, right? Um, I think it's attributed to two things. One, the line of work that we're in is tough. And I think that there's a lot of people that wash out of inside account management type roles in a lot of these organizations. And secondly, I think is the culture attributes to it as well. So I think, I think it's a unique beast where this particular industry that role in the industry Mm -hmm. has a high turnover just in general and we don't really do anything to try to fix it we just accept it yeah crazy oh man well 
What do you think? So there's definitely some things individuals can do, you know, kind of as we wrap up here. As an individual, there are things that you can do to help create a more positive work environment around yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, as an organization, what is it other than pizza and donuts, right? It's people that say inspiring things to you that make you feel like you truly are contributing to the organization that make you feel like you're more than just an employee number and a badge mm-hmm. right those things are pretty important what what else is there Rohit? do you think that we can kind of drop a couple of gems for our listeners for them to look out for to find and let me clarify I'm not intending to convince our listeners to find the good things in a negative environment to stay. If it's truly negative and and it's creating a toxic environment for you at work that you could also potentially bring home, you got to go, right? When you get so mad, you come home and kick your dog. (laughs) Yeah, right? I'm sick of doing that every day. (laughs) Kidding. No, you're Um, not. I don't have a dog. Uh, but what are you doing about it as well? How are you carrying yourself into the office and out of the office every single day? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple key things. So one, going back to what Uncle Iroh said, mm-hmm. if you look for the light, you'll often find it. Which means if you have a positive attitude, the chances are you're going to find positivity back. But if you look for the negative, that's all you'll ever see. 100%. And so I think right away that makes a difference. If when One of the first things is uh, know who the positive people are and who aren't. If there's people who are complaining about the place all the time or whatever, just don't. You know, we've done Circle of Influence multiple times on this podcast. Don't let them be in your Circle of Influence. Spend time with the positive people because the more time you spend with the negative people, that's all you're going to see is this place is horrible. You know what? They only got two boxes of donuts. They used to get three. You know, look how cheap this place is. Yeah. They got donuts from Safeway. So, <laughs> so I, I would say that's one thing. And then the other thing that I would say, oh, it, sorry. One more thing. Um, we did an episode a long time ago called what to do during your lunch break. Oh, yeah. And where I'm at now, what do I do? I blog. So oh, every yeah. day people know I have my little, you know, right in the very front lobby. I sit there all the time and I've got my green tea that I'm drinking and I'm blogging. And I love it. People leave me alone and just <laughs> people leave me alone. Jeez, <laughs> um, you anti-social and I, hermit. And, no, and I get so much done and I love it. I look forward to lunch now because I get to do this. And people will ask me afterwards, oh, what, what do you do during lunch? Are you, or are you just sitting there working, like on work stuff? I was like, no, I'm, I'm blogging or I'm doing this or doing that. Already there are people at work who, uh, at my new place, who subscribe to the podcast now. Why? Because I have got this. Oh, you got a mug at your desk? Yeah. And that's it. People are like, what? That's a bad word. What is that? And I tell them. Or I'll be like, all right, guys, I got to go home. I got to go record. People are like, what do you mean go record? Oh, I do a podcast, you know, and. So take advantage of lunch. You don't have to go out all the time, but don't eat your sandwich at your desk. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? You're going to work. It's, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. You need that break. And then lastly, if you really are miserable 
where you are. Give yourself a deadline. Give it six months. For six months, bust your balls. Give it the best effort you can possibly give it. Because when you get to that point, you are a fraction of what you're capable of doing. On day one, you're oh, like, yeah. I'm going to tackle the world. And later on, you just get so beat down, bare minimum mode. You try to do the very minimum that you can to not get just fired. Just to get by. Just to be able to show up the next day. And that takes such a negative toll on you. So give it your all for six months and set a date. Don't just be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, six months. No. On January 19th, between now and then, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it 100%. And if I'm still not feeling it, then I'm going to look. Mm-hmm. But at least you know you gave it your all. Yeah. Well, that's it. There you have it, listeners. So, excuse me. And this oh, week. Oh, sorry, okay. Kyle. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, it's episode 59, what to do on your lunch break. Bullshit. Bullshit. Kidding. Dang, you caught me. So. There it is. There you have it, right? We all recognize that there are positive and negative work environments. Um, I was talking to the, the lady that cut my hair the other day at the barber shop about a new job that she got. She couldn't stand the last place. The new place she's at now, the cutting hair is kind of her second gig. new place she's at now seems to be a much better environment, so she's excited about that, but it's a little bit less pay. But she's willing to make that sacrifice in compensation for... A far better work environment it'll bring far greater things to your life and enrich you in in more ways than you'll know so with that said listeners thanks again for tuning in this week to an episode of the gysd podcast get your shit together your man kyle reed and today we're here yeah that's it we didn't introduce ourselves at the start so we closing out with it oh got it okay thanks again y'all and we'll see you next week Thanks, everyone, for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.